Well, good morning. This is a beautiful day, isn't it? We've got to figure out how to do this outside sometime. I don't know, this is just gorgeous out there. Man, what a, what a good morning. Thank you for being with us. Kind of rainy last Sunday and just a beautiful day today, so we're so glad that you're with us today. I know this is, for, for those of you, we still have a few people who are kind of wandering in new to us. It's a little bit of a strange season in our small groups, but listen, it's okay. We've got three more weeks in these small groups. And have they gone okay? Are you enjoying your small groups? Love connecting with each other, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing to make uh, more of engagement with each other because we are the church, right? And that's not just coming to an event. It's not just being in a building. It's about knowing and loving and serving and caring for each other, and that's what we're doing in these groups, learning to be the church. So we're so glad that you're with us today at South City. Um, so I want to just kind of, you know, we're in this book, um, Family of Families. We're talking through that. As, as collectively as, as a bunch of different groups meeting together. But I want to kind of just bring us up to speed if I can for a minute, okay? What, where are we at right now? Like what's, just if I give a quick little recap of what we've talked about, some things I want you to remember. Number one, the church is God's idea. This is not just like some sort of traditional thing where we go, hey, well, as Christians, why don't we get together? We'll have, you know, we'll have donuts and we'll talk about God and read the Bible. And this is not just something we've done traditionally. This is God's idea, Right? This was his plan. Even Jesus said in Matthew 16, this is my church, right? He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will what? Not prevail against it. Listen, we can't stop it. You can't stop it. The world can't stop it. The gospel of Jesus and his church will advance. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So this is his church. Uh, we, we've learned in scripture that the Bible says that Jesus is the cornerstone of the church, Right? that he is the head of the church, he's the chief shepherd of the church, this is his church and his idea. So we gotta keep that in mind. Not a building, it's, uh, it's a people. Uh, we, we've talked about Paul and the fact that Paul mentioned in Ephesians 3 that uh, the prophet, the, the apostles have been given this um, ability to help, help us understand what the plan of God is. So if the church is God's idea, he has a plan. He has a, a distinct, specific thing that he wants to happen in the church. And uh, Dee, you did a great job last week kind of helping us think through that and talk through that. So thank you for sharing with us last week. But Paul has given us that reminder that, that this is God's idea. He has a plan, and it's going to be through the church. Listen to this. I, I can't hardly wrap my mind around this. It's going to be through the church that God makes the manifold wisdom of, of God to know, to be known to the world, right? And it's just, it's incredible. Think that's you. That's me. It's us. God wants the wisdom that he's provided, that he's planned for the world to be known through the church. I'm going to get into that in a little bit, uh, but that's just blows my mind a little bit. The church is, it's not a club. It's not just a place where we have members and benefits. We're a family. We need to act and live as a family. So the beautiful design here is that is if we have individual families, if each of our family units at home, all right, right, your husband, your wife, kids, if we have strong families and we come into this place together and we do what we're going to be talking about next week, which is how do we love one another as the family of God? Because that's easy, isn't it? That's easy to do. But we can do it because it's God's way. And it's God's plan, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. But if we have strong families that are a part of this church, then together we are going to be a strong family 
of families. Does that make sense? Sometimes you read the title of the book and you go, I don't, I don't know what that means. That's family of families of families of, it's, you know. We're a large family that's made up of a bunch of individual families. And today you kind of got into the specifics of God's plan for your family, your individual families. What is that supposed to mean? Um, but I don't know if you've noticed this, but strong families are rare today. Strong families are rare, and, and we don't see a whole lot of families that are living according to God's design and plan for the family. And I think because of that, we're starting to see the breakdown of the family and a lot of things that are happening in our, in our society, in our communities that are they're not good. <laughs> they're not good things, and it's because we're not following the plan of God. I, I was looking at the, uh, some metrics this week from the Pew Report, and it said in 1960, how many of you actually even remember 1960? That, okay, well, all right. Anyway, 9% of children in 1960, nine, lived with an unmarried parent, 9%. Fast forward 20 years. And it's over doubled. 1980, 19% of children lived with an unmarried parent. So here's the trend, right? This is the way it's going. Fast forward another 20 or 30 years, and we come up to today, and 34% of children live with an unmarried parent. The family is breaking down, and we see this trend continuing, doubling every 20 years. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, read in that report that the biggest factor behind violent crime, poverty, homelessness, mental issues in children, it's all the breakdown of the family. Like if we could figure out how to have godly families following the design and plan of God, we could change the world. The church will change, right? Our homes will change, the communities will change, the city will change. Many of you are sitting here going, okay, well, I, my family's right here next to me. I'm, I'm in church. What's it got to do with us? Listen, if we live by the plan of God, we're going to have a strong family. My wife and I have been married for, uh, will be 24 years um, in June. No, I know, I know. It's the 18th. I don't forget that kind of thing. 24 years in uh, just a few weeks here. Yeah. But uh, let me tell you this, it, it's, not e it's not easy, is it? <laughs> Marriage is not easy. Having godly families following the plan of God is not an easy thing. And I can tell you this with all sincerity, if it wasn't for the grace of God and our desire to follow his plan as a married couple, we would not be married today. There's no question about it. We would pick our own plan, our own desires, or whatever we wanted, and it probably wouldn't be each other. But we say, we say, and listen, all of us bring baggage to the table. It's not, you know, it's not just this one person, well, their family, dot, dot, dot. All of us have coming from families and baggage and wreckage and sinful lives and, and histories. And we bring those together and it's, it's hard. It's hard to make a family that works. And the only reason that, that God has given us the gift of our marriage that we have today, and, it, and it's still a struggle, it's still hard is that we've made a decision we're going to follow God's plan for the family. So, when I think about this, the fact that we have the solution. Church, we have what it takes to change the city, to change this community. Yesterday was an amazing day, by the way. 
And it's, it's such a great thing for us to, to build relationships and build trust, relational equity with the people in our community that we are going to do what we say we're going to do. We're going to be a church that loves all people. And we're going to be here. For, it, was, it was a health fair. We just said, hey, you need spiritual health too. So we're going to be there and we're going to try and make friends and relationships and we're going to try to serve as best we can. But to see people coming in here for, for health and for a desire for change, and I couldn't help but in my heart think, we have the solution. We have the solution to these broken ills and broken issues of our society and our, our city. It's Jesus. And it's his plan for the family. We talk about it too little. And because of that, we see things continuing to break down. And the church is just as broken, right? The divorce rate in the church is just as high, if not higher, in the church than it is outside of the church. God, forgive us and help us. This is what it's going to look like and what you talked about this morning. We have to each individually submit to Christ. When we submit to God, everybody, when we submit to him, we say, Lord, this is your plan, your story. You are Lord. We submit to you. This is your plan, and we're going to try and live it, right? But listen, even, even as I say the word submit, <laughs> even as that word comes out of my mouth, it's almost hard to form in my mouth. You know why? Because we've made it such a, ah. we've made it such a difficult word to say, but I want you to know it's not new. That's not a new problem. From the beginning of time, from the Garden of Eden, God said, hey, Adam and Eve, you got all this here. You got all this. All I'm asking you to do is submit to me in this one thing. Here's this tree. Just don't eat of that tree. Just submit. And we couldn't do that. And to this day, we struggle with submission. But listen, everybody submits to somebody. It's God's design. Don't be afraid of submission. Because through the difficulty, and now listen, I know there's abuse of submission. There's, there's abuse of submission in marriages. There's abuse of submission in, in our law enforcement. There's abuse of submission in the church. There's abuse of submission everywhere because there's broken and fallen people everywhere. But God's design is for us to be submit, submitted to each other. Ephesians 5.21 says, submit one to another as the church. We'll talk about that more next week. But then it gets into this next section, and you talked about it this morning. I'm, we're not going to read it this morning because you've already done that. But um, just let me remind you of this. Ephesians 5.25, wives, submit to your husbands. Respect your husband. Submit and respect, okay? That's going to be your role, your specific job description. Submit and respect. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. You notice how Paul's description of what the men are supposed to do is a little longer than the women's? It's because he knows men need a little bit more instruction sometimes, I think, you know? Men, we are, we are to give our lives as Christ gave his life for the church. And what did he do? He laid his life down. He said, my life is not as important as what I want your life to be. You're more important than me. I give you everything. And if husbands would begin to love their wives in that way, then wives would have no problem in submitting and respecting to their husbands. I believe that with all my heart. Children, obey your parents and honor your father and your mother. Obey and honor. Listen, some of us are still children. My parents are here today. And I, with all my heart, I hope that they would say, he, he obeys us and he 
honors us. It doesn't stop. Bond servants, obey and serve your master. Don't have any of those today, do we? It's kind of a strange little text in the Bible. And what, as you read this this week, what he's speaking to is when Paul was speaking to the family, the family unit was husband and wife and children, moms and dads. And then in that culture, there were some people who, uh, some maybe they owed the family something. And so maybe that family uh, would have somebody serve them for six months or a year or two years. We don't have that kind of payback system today. But Paul was speaking to what the family looked like, what the home looked like. But I want you to just notice what he says. He says, bond servants, obey and serve your master. Masters, serve and care for your bond servants. And then he says, Christ sees you as equals. You're equal. The closest thing we have to this is like an employer-employee relationship. So are you over people in what you do at work? Do you love them? Do you care for them? Do you hope for the best of their dreams and what they have to offer so that they can offer the very best? Are you caring for them in that way? Do you work for somebody? All of us probably do for the most part. And if that's the case, are you caring for your employer? Are you being obedient? Are you serving them in such a way that they're going, man, there's something different about you. There's something so different about you. I'm not sure what it is. And it's Jesus because this is his will and his plan for submission. Listen, this is a quote from a guy who writes our material, Jeff Reed. He just talks about the order that we're to follow. There's an order to things. And when we follow it, God blesses his people and his church. It says, for the church to function orderly, its families must be orderly. God created an order to things, and when we follow his created order, families and churches work. Here's the breakdown this morning before we go. You ever heard this word flourish? It's not a word we use a whole lot in in common language, flourish. What it means is that something grows and is healthy because of a great and healthy environment. That's what it means. For, For kids to flourish, it's because they are growing in a healthy way in a healthy environment. For churches to flourish, people are growing in a healthy way in a healthy environment. And if we have godly families and we're following God's plan, our families will flourish. And if we are a family of families and we're growing and we're in a healthy environment, then our church, our family here will flourish. Let me just remind you of this before we go. Listen, the reason we're talking about these things, number one is they're so important. And here's the things we want to be reminded of. We're disciples of Jesus. We're to follow him. We're to be obedient to him. We want to be authentic disciples. Not just somebody who goes to church. We don't just attend a church service or go to be a part of a thing. We want to be his disciples. And then we want to be the true definition of the church. We've talked about this a couple of times. What is the true definition of the church? Because in so many ways, we've redefined it poorly. And let me tell you this, uh, this is a statistic that should haunt us, especially us. Six to 10,000 churches are closing their doors every year. Six in America, six to 10,000 churches are closing their doors every year. And that should scare us as believers. But we know, like I said in the beginning, the gospel 
of Jesus is going to go forth. It's going to advance. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against us. So why do churches close? I think we redefine the church and it's not God's definition. So let us get back to what is God's definition of the church. Let me just remind you of this. The church is not about you. Church is not about me. Right? It's, it's not to function. It's not designed to give sentimental satisfaction to us. But it is designed as a family. As a family that makes each other more like Christ. As a family that makes each other prepared and ready, equipped for the mission of Jesus in the world. We're not designed, we're not equipped, we don't exist, we don't function so that we can give sentimentality. But we do exist so that we can make disciples who look like Jesus and are equipped for his mission in the world. That is the definition of the church, that we want to be and we want to become. So next Sunday we're going to be talking about what does it mean to live together, right? (laughs) Because it's not easy. It's not easy. You've heard this phrase, the one another is a scripture. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week. What does it mean to love one another, to give grace to one another? In the same way you give it in your family at home, we have to give it in this big family here at the church.